Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Marcy Music. My name is Petronella Turin, and I'd like to thank you all for listening to our podcast. I have great news for all the shallow lovers out there. I will be releasing an exclusive interview series from Shallow Academy Rutesheim, which is a shallow festival in Germany, where hundreds of shallows gather every year for masterclasses, concerts and music fairs. It is pretty much shallow heaven. I have interviewed the festival leader, Matthias Truk, and some of the fantastic professors like Jens-Peter Mainz, Dan Julu Isizaka, and Stefan Baum, and seven other shallow legends. Don't miss this and keep updated by signing in to the Master in Music newsletter. And you can do this at www.masterinmusic.com and then you will get all the greatest tips and upcoming episodes right down to your mailbox. Today's episode is an amazing power woman called Fena Ongra Jensek. She's an opera singer and a music producer. She studied in Maastricht in the Netherlands and in New York at the Juilliard School of Music. She has been singing in Carnegie Hall, the Berliner Philharmonie and the Concertgebouw, all the way back to Maastricht. She has an amazing foundation called Music Young for Old that makes music students play concerts for the older generations. Music Young for Old has over 500 concerts every year. That's a lot of concerts. And that's just what the foundation does. Then she also works in an opera company called Opera Compact, which is actual with a project called I Hate Opera. She's also playing the part of Donna Elvira in the new set by Sydbrand van der Werf's version of Don Giovanni that will have premiere in 2020. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I do. It's filled with great advice and tips on how to get concerts and how to present yourself as an artist so that just you get booked for the job that you like. I would like to thank our partners, a Swedish cellist with takeaway concerts. And what is a takeaway concert, you wonder? A takeaway concert is a concert where you can order a concert to your home or any other location. Instead of takeaway food, you are feeding your ears with music. And it's presented by a Swedish cellist. The other partner is Student Radio Maastricht and Music for You Maastricht, which is a music school that tailors a program just for you. So anything you want to learn with music, they can help you with that. And they also like to teach the whole package of being a musician, like how to get concert, how to not be nervous on stage. So they do a lot of mental training, ergonomy, if you want to record something for a masterclass or anything related to music. They are the ones that you can turn to and they will help you. Now let's kickstart this episode with a little piece of music from Fena's amazing repertoire. Ladies and gentlemen, I present for you Fena Ongrajense.
Welcome to Master in Music, and today we have Fena Ograjensek with us. Wow, welcome, welcome, Fena. Thank you. It's a big honor. I've been <laughs> looking forward to this so much. Yeah, I'm very, very happy to be here, and I'm really excited because I think it's a great, a great thing that you share stories of fellow musicians with yes. other musicians. Yes, great. Huh? I've been so excited to meet you because I been in contact with you for a lot of years without actually seeing you. Yes, I have that with a lot of students at the conservatory. Some yeah, people I, I saw never and yeah, I was in touch with for seven years or something. So you, we call uh, Fena the, the fairy godmother or the uh, Fena ghost. Yeah, I love it. suddenly just come and give us concerts. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And, and it's not just one concert, it's like so many concerts. Like how many concerts do you give us every month? Do you know? Well, uh, per month is a little bit difficult, but per year it's almost 500 concerts a year we do with our foundation. Usually when I get to know a new ensemble or a new musician, I'm always a little bit hesitant because I have to try it out first because since I don't visit all of the concerts, I cannot, you know, I... Uh, Never be a full-time job. Oh <laughs> my God, I, I wouldn't have a life anymore. <laughs> but then our groupies. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I send out an ensemble to a couple of concerts and then I hear back from the locations how it was and I hear from our volunteers how it was and... When I hear it's positive, then I'm like, okay, let's send them out again. But, you know, sometimes, uh, for instance, you play the cello. That's not something that I have a lot. So I can send you also a lot to concerts. But if I have 20 flute-guitar duos, it's harder because I cannot send the flute and the guitar every time. So no. that also counts. It's not always a personal thing. And this is uh, something you do with uh, a foundation called the For Young and Old in yes. English, but Stichtung uh, Young Stichting for Old. Music Young for Old, yeah. yeah. Music yeah. Young for Old, basically. Yeah. And you've been doing it for 10 years. It's quite a yes. celebration, I would say. It's now already the 11th year, actually. Yeah, oh. Last year was our 10-year uh, anniversary. And it's a foundation that I've had for 11 years together with my father. Because my mother and father were both working in uh, healthcare for the elderly generation. And when my father was getting close to his retirement, he thought, you know, um, he was also always a guy with 22 ideas per day. And one of the ideas was to give live music to elderly people because they cannot go to the theater all the time or it's a big uh, thing to get done, you know, uh, with transportation, uh, People need help going to the bathroom or taking off their coats. And he thought, you know, uh, if you don't bring live music to these elderly homes, then they will never hear your live classical music or jazz ever again. And it will only be a CD or a DVD. And I think it's super, yeah. super great. Like, I, I really love this concept. Yeah. Also because I really love old people. <laughs> yeah. I used to like work in an elderly home for like seven years, every uh -huh. summer and, and uh, Christmas. So when I saw this opportunity to play for the old, I was like, yeah, because they have so much to give and they gave so much to the society for yes. all their lives. So they really deserve something great. Yeah, you know, your reaction, it's, uh, I hear it more and more from musicians that they really appreciate playing for this generation. Because when I was in the conservatory, and even when we started uh, 11 years ago, it was a little bit like, oh, you're going to play in a retirement home? Is that what what your goal is as a musician uh, to play? It was looked at as something uh, lesser value. Wow. 
and I totally disagree and I think it also changed in the in the course of time I think it's very important to uh, go for your artistic goals maybe you want to play in the Concertgebouw maybe you want to play with the Berliner Philharmonica it's great but you know you should also look around you and see where you live and what society is around you and what you can mean as a musician for that society yeah. that's a really big lesson i learned when i was in school so maybe But, to look where where you are needed as a musician yeah, also you, yes and also to show society that they need musicians and that they need culture if you only play for yourself and only Yeah, uh, especially in times when uh, when there's an, an economic crisis and culture is the first thing to be cut. Mm. And I think you have to show people around you why it's so important that we have music. And if you show it by playing in a retirement home where people can enjoy music with their mother or father who has dementia and feel like, hey, I can spend this time with my mother and father Even though we cannot speak anymore to each other, we can share this moment and really feel this. Then you show people that music is important in a totally different way than when you play a, a symphony, which is also very important. But maybe for some people it's not so easy to see that that's important as well. Yeah. I agree and it's also like uh, with the brain and all people they can um, like my experience is that when I play a, a song for them that they know mm -hmm. uh, people who is really like lost uh, in their dementia or yeah. Alzheimer's they mm -hmm. can come back yes and they, they know the text of the uh, this song but yeah. they don't know the names of their children yes it's amazing because music is in one of our earliest parts of our brain so it's very everything we put in there musically it will still be there and also uh, people with dementia will recognize speed or high notes low notes and yeah it's a lot of research is being done at the moment because a lot of people suffer from this disease and it's you know it's so dark to say but either you die of cancer or you will get dementia and then you die yeah. so it's it's getting more and more important for everybody to to do something with that and music is a big one in. i um i saw an article where they said that musician um it's very rare that musicians get dementia or alzheimer's like alzheimer's is something that you have genetic but the, the dementia there was not a lot they never found a conductor for example with Alzheimer's, uh, uh -huh. with dementia so um in one way we could cure dementia if we play for the people with dementia we mm -hmm. could cure dementia because if we play for people with it we can cure ourselves with the music with music young out we're doing yeah. research now for three years because my main goal is I, I don't have the money to put a research project like that on, but I want to show that if you would listen to a classical concert every week or every night, then you wouldn't need a pill or something. You know, yeah. that's my dream. And what you just say, I really believe in it, that it, it can be such a medicine, literally, for people. And imagine what a, what a difference it would be in healthcare costs also, yeah. if we could at least not cure it, but... Yeah. have a benefit in that way. So maybe there is someone out there with yeah, yes. some foundation who wants to support this project. We can yes. always lay out a little yeah. hinge that we are here. But what you just said about uh, mu musicians not having dementia, that is also a very 
interesting topic i think for yeah. a research project yeah and it's also like they did like a lot of ted talks about how music is like a workout for the brain it really Definitely. activates all the brain and it's really like scientific proven yeah so i don't know why people don't use it <laughs> come on science come yes on society. you know i think in the netherlands the problem is that um, we are a country of trader uh, uh, you know uh, trade yeah. not traders but traders yeah. And everything we sell has to give us money in our hand. Yeah. And uh, it is our job as musicians and uh, people in culture to show that it can we can profit from music and culture, but it's not always the money straight into the hand. Yeah. And that's this is a sustainable a yeah. in one way. Yeah. Yeah. I think also with music therapy, I saw I met a music therapist in Maastricht actually, mm-hmm. and it's really amazing how much you can discover with music therapy. And I also discovered myself during my studies mm-hmm. that my problems in my cello playing was actually problems that I have in my personality. Oh, so in order of course. To <laughs> yes. Well, that's you know, as a musician, uh, I really believe that you have to totally show yourself as a person, and that's the only thing you can do. You can only share yourself on the stage and that's uh yeah that's a big one <laughs> because uh yeah now i'm almost 40 so it's it's so different than when you're 20 or 30 you're thinking about uh, well at least i was this person tells you you have to play it like that that person tells you you have to do this and you cannot play this repertoire and you have to do that and of course it's really important because there are a lot of teachers who can help you find your way but in the end I really believe it. The only thing you can do is be yourself and be confident about what you do. And there are always going to be people who don't like it and people who do like it. And that's just that. Yeah. (laughs) It's simple as that, basically, for me. So you started this 11 years ago. Yeah. And it was because your parents, like, inspired you. Yeah. To do... uh, So... In the beginning, was it only you doing it and then you grow to more ensembles? No, I never actually, I never uh, sang for the foundation because I just finished um, actually my life in the States. I studied there and I worked there for a couple of years and I was 26 and I just decided to, 26, 27, just decided to come back to Europe to go on with my life here, uh, basically uh, base myself in Europe. Uh, as a singer and then my father had this idea and he said you know it's really supposed to be for young talented people at the conservatory and elderly people and I was past the stage of you know young talented people at the conservatory and I didn't want people to be confused I didn't want them to think oh Fenna's gonna come and sing Mm. uh, for us every time so when I started, um, I really kept it on the download that I was organizing everything. It was more my father being the face of the foundation. And I did all the organizing uh, behind the scenes. Uh, but Which is a lot. So yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. But right away we had some ensembles from the conservatory who wanted to do it. And it's always been mouth to mouth. You know, I never really, yeah, sometimes there was a poster at the conservatory or there was something on Facebook, but usually it was always people telling other people that there are concerts, Fana concerts. And um, then the Fana Ferry comes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And um, after a year of five, six, as a singer, I was, yeah, I really tried to base my career out of Limburg 
also because I have a family here and uh, yeah, I wanted the life here and mean something for the cultural life here. And after a year of five or six, a good friend of mine said, you know, you have to be way more the face of this foundation because it can benefit the foundation. And I thought about it because in the beginning, I didn't do it because I didn't want to confuse people that I was coming to sing. And then after a while, I thought my friend was right. And I said, yeah, I, I can let people know about my foundation because of the network I had built as a singer. And, and, and it's true. It's now I, people know that this foundation uh, belongs, yeah. is a big word, to me. Uh, this way, pe- more people know about it. Yeah. And uh, right now, how many musicians do you have? Do you know? It's always about 15 to 20 ensembles who yeah. play. And some ensembles, they, they stay for the course of their studies. Mm-hmm. And some, you know, they play a couple of concerts and then they go away. And some people graduate and they stay for a little while and then they go away. It's And new ensembles come. Yeah, and, yeah it's always like that. Uh, I saw your web page because you have one page for yourself and one yes. for uh, yeah. young and old. But I really like it. It's with the videos, you can listen to ensembles and you have classical, jazz. And yes, um, actually my, my own website, I'm, I'm uh, working with a designer now to change it a little bit because, you know, you have to look at yourself every five to ten years and then you see, oh, some things have kind of changed or... Uh, it's also that the yeah. design and web design go so fast. Yes, so keep oh my up God. With the yeah, and then now I'm also thinking, you know, your website, it just has to be clear. And the website is a, a thing that stays kind of the same. Yeah. And then after five years, you change it again. And all the things that change every day, you just put on, well, I do on Facebook or yeah. whatever. And uh, yeah, Musik Jong for Outside... That's actually always a thing that I'm like, oh yeah, the, the website, and I'm glad you like it, but I wish I had somebody who would uh, do it, you know, who would yeah. uh, take care of the website, because we all have to do it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's true. Maybe we can find some student of web yes, design or something. Yes, if somebody <laughs> wants to do it, please help me. <laughs> we, are, we are crying out. Yes, <laughs> always use volunteers for anything. Yeah, it's really... But is www.youngforold, uh, or what is the website? Musikjongforold.nl Okay, so then you can find the, the webpage. Yeah. And um, it's mostly like organizations for uh, older, like uh, homes. That, uh, yes. But it's also sometimes, uh, like today, I, I did a Fenda concert today. Yeah, where, where did you go? UMC Hospital. Oh yes, yeah. yeah. We so have a the, concert there every week. Yeah. Always a different day of the week. And it's, it's, it's actually really great. Because the hospital is also a special place because we talked with the hospital about concerts for the people who have to stay there, who are ill. But that's a difficult one because imagine you lie with five people in a room and you would love to hear it. And somebody else would think, oh my God, please stop. You drive me nuts. So uh, this is a way that we have the concerts in the hall so people can choose to come or Maybe you just had a conversation with a doctor and it was a difficult conversation. Yeah. You hear the music, you can just zone out for a couple of minutes and go on. And yeah, so I yeah. really love this uh, with the hospital. 
I had some doctors coming and eating a sandwich. Yes. Yeah. I think they they are um, regulars to this concert. Oh, great. Yeah, good to hear. But it's, it's nice. And uh, it's always different people, I think. Sometimes yeah. there's a lot of students there. And uh, today was quite calm because mm-hmm. normally there is uh, a lot of people who try to sign up for donations of mm-hmm. organs. Or oh, there was yeah. a bagel uh, place one time also. So it's a little bit different. Yeah, that's. I think that's a good thing about music involved for the musicians mm. because you always get into a totally different situation, totally different houses, different audiences, uh, people reacting differently, and it makes you flexible as a musician. And yeah, I think that's good. Okay, so you go to the hospital. Is there any more places? Um, yeah, actually, the, after a couple of years, we noticed that companies or other healthcare providers, they started to find us mm-hmm. for concerts. So we are in um, healthcare for people with a f- physical or psychological disability, but also um, companies who just want some music at their event. And that's a good thing because we then pay our musicians and they pay a small fee, which we then put back into the foundation so we can keep the concerts for the elderly people at a lower price. That's really good. Yeah, because, you know, we're not a foundation who have to make a profit. We just have to make sure we have enough money to yeah, keep to, alive. Yeah, 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 to be alive. Yeah. So companies can also call you yes. and visit the... Everybody. Location. You know, we've done everything. Uh, we, we played at uh, events of big companies. We have played at a birthday party of somebody yeah. who was 40 like in a room like yeah. we are now yeah. whatever yeah if you want some music or have some special wishes I, I remember once at the Bonafante Museum in Maastricht they had a Russian exhibition or something and he asked you know do you have some Russian music I said I don't know let me just <laughs> email me and I send an email out to all the musicians and I said can somebody play Russian music and there were two or three who said yes please and they would love to play their own music so companies can contact you or mm-hmm. um, also homes but yes. um, i was thinking now if you're a musician out there who hears you and say oh my god i want to play for fana mm-hmm. uh, what should, should a musician do to be part of yeah uh, in our uh, statute we call it in our, the guidelines for our foundation you have to be a musician who studies at the conservatory of maastricht mm-hmm. so that's <laughs> makes it a little yeah. bit a smaller group and uh, we actually always work with uh, duos, mm-hmm. some exceptions, but usually duos because uh, for the people, if they only hear one instrument, it's yeah, it's not enough. Uh, they like the variation in sounds, so it's always duos. So if you uh, want to play for us, you have to make a duo with somebody. Email me. Yeah, then it comes to basic things, but basic things seem to be already a big Hard. thing for uh, a lot of musicians. You have to have a good photo. I remember now it's getting better, but still I ask for a photo and people send me a holiday picture. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's not the kind of photo I'm looking for. It's me and my horse. <laughs> yes. Uh, no, it's really, I need a picture that I can send out, you yeah, know, to people. Good quality. Uh, yes. Yeah. And also uh, biography in, in English and also just in, in proper English. Yes. Have somebody read it, not I started playing guitar when I was seven. <laughs> you know, it's not a yeah. good biography. It makes no. you look bad. So uh, do you have any tips for writing a good biography maybe? 
uh, have it read, uh, read online, go to websites of yeah. professional musicians, see what they wrote in their biography and don't copy it <laughs> like it's yours, but uh, look at what are the important things. And when you are still at the conservatory, it doesn't have to be a biography of 10 lines. Five lines is enough. Just yeah. let people know where you're from, uh, what do you play. Some people don't write their instrument in their yeah. biography, like uh, we're supposed to know. Uh, tell them uh, what you're, maybe what you have done, some highlights, or yeah. what your ambition is. Yeah. That's enough. And have somebody read it whose first or second language is English. Yeah. And then look for a Dutch friend and just ask them to make it in Dutch. Yeah. Because if you do that, you know, we are a Dutch foundation. If you have it in Dutch, it just shows you make an effort. It's not necessary, but if somebody does it and I know they're not Dutch, yeah. I'm like, wow, mm. that's uh, really nice. Also, it and it's such a small detail, but for my, I have an opera company also, and we just had um, people send in information for auditions. And they send me a picture, and then their picture has the title NE7771F, mm. no, just make the name of your photo your name, or make the name of your CV your name, not yeah. CV 2017. It's a small, uh, small detail yes. that makes it easier for... Yes, also because when I have to save them on the computer, no, I have to change yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, I just don't get it why people don't do it. It's That's really good uh, tips. I don't think they think about it. No, people don't think about it. I, I don't. I was thinking now. What do I do myself? Yes, <laughs> Actually, what do I have? Really, yes. really valuable information. But yeah. it's like you are also educating the musicians in the conservatorium for to, the yes. yeah. for the future agent because a future agent would be like you know you're, they get one hundred. You're already in the yeah. delete. You yeah. delete it. Yeah, definitely. Because it's too much effort. So make yes. it easy. Yes, make it easy for people to like you, and it also makes you look uh, smart and better. Yeah. Yeah, like, oh, it looks, looks more professional already. Yeah, and it's always maybe a plus to have a recording somewhere on YouTube. Yes, uh, recording, YouTube, is, uh, whatever. Uh, but make it easy for people to look who you are. Yeah. Click on the photo, click on the recording, and yeah, really have somebody... When you make your little uh, info for an agent or yeah. a programmer at a theater, have somebody else look at it who doesn't know anything about music maybe, yeah. and ask them, if you see this, what do you think? Uh, what, uh, tell me out loud, what, what do you yeah. see? And then if things are not clear, then you can, you know, you can hear that and think, oh, I yeah. could change this. Yeah. Correct it, yeah. That's really good information. So they have, normally your concert is around one hour. Yes. Or sometimes a little bit more, but yeah. do you have uh, any good tips for making a, a good program in music? like? Yes. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> um, you always have to think about who you're playing for. That's number one. And first I thought playing for elderly people is different than playing for other people. But it's really not. <laughs> Only if you're invited by... No, even if you're invited by a theater to make your solo recital, it would not be your exam program. Because, uh, you know, of the conservative. Yeah, because... because it's your exam is to show what skills you have uh, and a variety in that. But a concert program, it has to have a flow. You have to start, you have to go somewhere. And 
the difference for elderly people, especially the ones now living in the homes, you know, pieces should not be 10 minutes long. Three minutes, four minutes. Make sure that you have fast pieces, slow pieces. If you play three slow pieces in a row, everybody will be asleep. It can be nice, but it's also good to activate people and have some songs that people recognize because they love it and it will make them love the pieces that they not know also. They will say, you know what, this song, I've known it for years and I love it. But that next piece that she played, I didn't know it, but you know, I actually liked it too. Mm -hmm. But if you play six pieces in a row that they don't know, the attention will go. And a little bit different way, it's the same for all audiences. If I make a, for instance, a couple of weeks ago, I did a concert with a pianist and a violinist, and I did some Schumann and Schubert songs. If you would ask the teachers at the conservatory, they would say, well, it's all the famous songs. Mm. Yes, it's true, but it's for us the famous songs. Most people who came to the concert, they have never heard Del Nussbaum live, or, uh, and they never heard of it. We heard of it as singers because we've all sung it. But yeah, and also communicate with your audience. Yeah. That's such a big thing. I can talk with my audience and guide them through a piece that they do not know and not by telling them that the composer was born then and he wrote uh, 20 million pieces but I try to make a personal connection that I have with the piece or I tell something about the composer that I think is interesting but you have to find your own style maybe you do like to tell some really specific things about a composer it's just the way you connect with the people that makes it important and then they will go with you and there's so many like uh, funny stories about composers i sometimes yes. I, I wonder if half of them are true but i have had a cello teacher once he was always saying that all the composers was living close to him because oh. he lived in copenhagen in denmark yeah and then i was like yeah Rachman, you know he was uh, living here in the house <laughs> and i was like no not all of the composers <laughs> cannot have been living next to you <laughs> he always got very bad i remember one of the concerts for music young vrouw they uh, uh the ensemble played the Ave Maria by Bach Gounod and you really don't have to explain it because they know it but the volunteer he was telling a story about um, how years ago he went to the Bombonniere in Maastricht and there were still operas being played and he went to see Faust uh, by Gounod and it was such a great evening and he told this whole story about him going to the Bombonniere and then he said well, we're not going to listen to anything of Faust, but we're going to listen to Ave Maria, for which Gounod wrote the melody. Have fun. <laughs> so it was something completely different, but it was just a nice story and yeah. people, you know, they were their imagination. Yeah, yeah. But also sometimes you have uh, some people who read poets. Yes. Po- poems. Poems, yeah. It's like an organization you work with? Uh, or Not really. In the beginning we uh, were in touch with, it was called a, a writer's cafe. And some of them, when they are at the writer's cafe, they, they read their own poetry. And we had the idea like, oh, it would be nice if um, they would uh, read their poetry during the concerts. This also went from mouth to mouth to yeah. other people. And they maybe they have a friend and they connect us to them again. Mm-hmm. And... We really ask them to read poetry that has a connection with our audiences. So a lot of the times it can be about uh, our region where we live in, 
or just things in general you know in the end i think it doesn't matter if you're old or young yeah. you know you you just connect on certain subjects and that's that's what they do it shouldn't be poetry that's totally no. uh, yeah but they're very nice i yeah i did one concert with a poet poet called han yes she even wrote me one for a poem oh, about nice. the, yeah the pinkston blumen oh. it's really sweet and but i i like it because it also inspires me when i play mm-hmm. and then we always like coordinate so we can have a little bit but it's also because most of like if i do some swedish songs there is always about flowers because yes. they're a big tradition about music and flowers mm-hmm. and it's because we put all the symbolics in the flowers because in sweden it's not polite to be direct so oh, if you write yes. a song about love making or yes. sex or anything yes. else we always disguise this in the flower so we oh, said we don't say we slept together we say uh, he, t- he took my rose or something oh yeah like, like in german uh, yeah. poetry yeah also. exactly yes very so, nice uh, yeah it was it's really i i love the combination a lot yes and i i always i i like it as well to have these crossovers a little bit it, it's very uh I think it's also very hip in the Netherlands yeah. to have crossovers. If you don't yeah. do a crossover, it's almost not good enough anymore, which I don't mm-hmm. agree with yeah. either. But uh, yeah, if you can get inspired by people, it's yeah. it's always good. I also believe that uh, the Dutch people are very good at speaking up and reading uh, mm. things. Like I've been playing in some churches around here, and they always like read up things from the Bible. And it's normal people with normal jobs, and they are so good at presenting the text oh. so i'm so impressed i'm like wow because in sweden they would be like no 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 not me oh yeah i cannot do it but they are like okay i'm gonna speak up and they stand up and they do it well and i'm yeah. really impressed like yeah, they uh-huh. have some guts uh but i also heard that you have a show called i hate music so yes <laughs> <laughs> i'm a bit concerned yeah that's something <laughs> completely <this>. different <laughs> yeah well since a couple of months uh, together with a director, a friend of mine, Sibrand van der Werf. Mm-hmm. We have our own opera company, Opera Compact. And it's an opera company where we want to play the big romantic gesture of opera in the smaller halls uh, with maybe smaller ensembles because not all theaters can uh, invite big opera companies to play there. And we want to, you know, have opera everywhere and for everybody. And now our first production is actually uh, a co-production with Opera Zuid, the opera company based here in Maastricht. And they were looking for an educational program to go with their premiere A Quiet Place. They Mm -hmm. were playing it this fall, the Bernstein Opera, and it's also Bernstein Year. And Opera Compact actually made this production now. And it's based on um, the kids' song by Leonard Bernstein. The cycle is called uh, I Hate Music for kids of all ages. Well, children, they have a lot of questions always, like uh, what's behind the sky? Why why does the grass grow? How much does the earth weigh? Craziest questions. And um, we have now the show of about 35 minutes, and it's all about asking these questions. And there's music of Ives in it, Bernstein, Mio, Ravel. And we played it now for a couple of groups of children. And I think the most interesting part of it is that children listen to this music without any thought of listening to classical music. It's just part of the show. And when they go home, I think their parents will ask, what was it about? And they would say... It's about asking questions. There was this girl, she was asking all of these questions. 
Yes, but what kind of music was it? I don't know, it was just music. <laughs> and I think that's just great because yeah. classical music is used as a, how do you say it? It's just the music of choice, but it's not here, this is classical music, go and listen to it. It's, it's just there. Yeah. And children are very open to anything, but this way they listen to pretty difficult music of Ives and Mio, yeah. and they didn't even realize it. Yeah. And yeah. it's yeah, it's a really fun show to do. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> I, I'm really intrigued all this. So, do you play it also for the public, or is it only for the schools? It's or? basically for schools. Yeah. Uh, um, it's a production we can actually play in a school. Yeah. And that's also a way that children can come in contact with the opera in a very easy way. You don't yeah. have to bring the whole classroom to the theater mm-hmm. yeah. and. Um, yeah, so no, it's uh, we don't have shows in theatres. Okay. Who knows, maybe. Yet, yeah. Yet. <laughs> Good <Yes>. thinking. <laughs> Fishing out there. Yes. Uh, I was also thinking, um, do you have any, like, reveal for the future? Like, coming up, or is it secret? Uh, well, my next season, uh, in 2019, I will, doing, I will be doing the Carnaval's concerts, the Vasselavens concerts mm-hmm. with the uh, Philharmonie in Nederland. Yeah. Nice. Um, with Opera Compact, we are doing a festival opera. Uh, it's it's going to call be called Ik Haat Opera. I hate opera okay. because if you ask twenty people on the street, do you like opera? They would say, No, I don't think so, or I don't like opera. But then on the other hand, when we watch uh, Holland's Got Talent or something, and there's an opera singer, yeah. people love it, and I just. I can't believe, you know, yeah. those two, the two don't, they don't fit. Yeah. So I think a lot of people do like opera, but they just don't know it. So this production mm. is going to be called uh, Ik Haat Opera. I hate opera for everybody who says they hate opera. Mm. And we're going to play it on festivals, on the street, anywhere. Anywhere mm. where you will never see an opera. And then my hope is that people will say, you know, I, I don't like opera, but this I like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and then yeah projects just keep yeah. popping up yeah. I, I think it's a big like if you go to Liège or Lake, mm-hmm. it's uh, always sold out in the opera like yeah. it's impossible to get a ticket I'm like guys yeah. it's uh, because I, I wanted to go like now they have really good deals for um, students uh-huh. and wow it's uh, like you have to fight yeah really like good put your arm balls out so i think like this opera compact could be really big i think opera is booming it will yeah wow who doesn't like this drama and it's like it's just great yeah we believe with opera compact you know it has to um it has to be opera uh, in 2020 we're doing don giovanni yeah and if we would be sitting in the hall together next to each other we and we would watch the performance we want to put it on the stage in a way that we both would think, you know what, this woman, it's like, she's me. And then I would look at you and I would say, see, yeah. oh my God, she's thinking the same thing. Yeah. So uh, we don't want opera with uh, leather pants and uh, yeah. tits out, you know, yeah. that's oh, no. really not the kind of opera <laughs> I want to see, sorry. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> but it has to be of this day and age. Yeah. It has to be modern, but not, oh, now we're going to be really modern. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's, that sounds really intriguing. 
but I know also that you've been to the big uh, stages like um, I read your CV <laughs> and uh, uh, we can start from we can start from where you studied like you started here to study yes in Maastricht mm-hmm. how was it back in the days yeah you know I don't know if you know this but back in the day I wanted to be a classical saxophone player wow see you didn't know it haha <laughs> secret <laughs> yes no actually since I was eight years old I started to play soprano saxophone and I wanted to be a saxophone player so I uh, went to the um, uh, preschool mm-hmm. uh, here in Maastricht and that's what I wanted to do um, my mind was set but when I look back, I, I did sing in the children's choir and I did sing in our high school musical, yeah. you know, but I was so set on being a saxophone player that my option B was never something else at the yeah. conservatory, you know, and I wanted to be a writer or an archaeologist or oh. something like that. <laughs> but we always sang and I really loved it. And um, one night there was a voice teacher with one of her students there and she loved my play and she saw that I was having fun singing in the choir and she was she said later she was just interested in teaching me and she asked me do you want to have singing lessons I said sure why not Mm. you know I'd I'd love to sing and that's when I started my singing lessons with her she was uh, one of the main teachers then you know I love to sing but it was really very difficult because I had no idea how to use my voice and so the first couple of years as I was still in preschool were really difficult because uh, since I was playing already for 10 years I had a lot of musical baggage and a lot to give musically but I had no technical skills so I I couldn't I had to sing the most uh, easy songs when I wanted to sing Lieder eines Fahren Gesellen by Mahler, you know, but I just couldn't. <laughs> the same problem is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, when I started the conservatory, I was the saxophone player who also sang. Mm-hmm. And later on, it switched into the, the singer who also played the saxophone. Yeah. But yeah. you had some, um, like, you get a very good, like, um, like when you sing, you have to use your stomach. Yeah. And you also have to use your air and stuff when you play the saxophone. So it's a little bit... It's similar because yeah. my uh, my saxophone player he always said, "Fella, just sing, you know, just sing." And my singing teacher said, "Fella, just play the saxophone." And I said, "I don't know how to do that, you know." <laughs> it's all the, all the problems that that students have. Yeah, I, I yeah. really had them, and uh, I uh, at one point after in my third year or something, I got really insecure also with the singing because. All of a sudden you start to realize you know this is real now mm-hmm. and I really wanted it at some point you know when I started yeah. to switch a little bit in my head I wanted to be a singer but then it, it had to be good yeah. and that made me really insecure and I remember being on stage also later on uh, very nervous and hor- feeling horribly because it affects your singing yeah. right away so I was really uh, mortified sometimes on stage because I sang horrible and you know it wasn't that horrible but it was not good it was really bad sometimes and yeah it was a big struggle and uh, how did you get out of it like do you have any tricks for handling nervosity and um I think you just have to keep doing it and of course uh, getting comfortable with your technique 
the better you get, the more you can. If you get nervous, I would I would think you know what, breathe, breathe, stick to your resonance. Where do you put your voice and just try to sing really technically, even if your mind is going somewhere else. And also, I remember sitting in the dressing room sometimes, looking in the in the mirror and mm. just telling myself, "You can do this. Mm. You are now going to sing probably prob uh, good, yes." <laughs> and um, I would just imagine uh, being some famous opera singer. I would just oh, pretend yeah. to be a singer. It's really good uh, advice. <laughs> yeah, because I never, you know, there were people who said, "Oh, you can just take uh, something to be calm or whatever." Yeah, it, I didn't believe in that for me because I thought if I start doing this, yeah. I will not get to the core of the problem. And I must say, uh, yeah, at some point, it maybe it's also just getting older. Getting, um, it's so funny because if if you would ask people if I was the nervous type, I think people would never think that I was because in general I'm a confident person, and I do believe that I always believed in that I could do it, it would just overwhelm me at some point. I yeah. would feel it again. At some point, you know, what I said earlier on, I would just be like, you know, this is it. This is what I do. And I think it also has to do with age. I have two children now. I remember when I was pregnant, I thought, you know what? I'm having a baby. I can sing a song, mm -hmm. please, you yeah. know? And if, uh, you know, in a, in a concert I would forget a word or I would miss something. Yeah, you know what? I sang uh, 3,000 mm. words correctly. Yeah. If one is wrong, you know, deal so you, with it. You yeah. started to accept yourself yes. and uh, accept to be good enough, that you are good yes. enough. Yeah. Yes. So that's really good advice yeah. as well. So picture yourself uh, that you're a famous opera singer <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah. think that you're good enough and tell yourself in the mirror that you can yes. do this. Yeah. And uh, rely on your technique. Yes, yeah. if you if you lose the confidence, go back to that because if if you are comfortable with your technique, you can trust your yeah. technique also. Yeah, just focus on that for a while, and then you can let go again. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really good advice. And um, you mentioned festivals. I saw that you did a lot of festivals, and you also have some coming up. So I saw. Um, if just to mention some of them, there will be Viva Classico. Oh yeah, that's not my festival. It's it's a, festival. No, it's a concert series of a good oh. friend of mine, Baritone uh, Seth Disse, he's from Venlo. Okay. And he also, he's a good friend, but he's also a big inspiration because mm -hmm. he's also a cultural entrepreneur. And seven, eight years ago, he started his own concerts, open air concerts in Venlo. And he's very successful doing it. It basically started his career. Wow. Yeah, and I'm um, singing his Christmas concerts with him. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 So, as singers, you have really good business sense, huh? Well, you know, he is. He he comes from a a business family, mm -hmm. but he decided that he really wanted to be a singer. Yeah. But he approached it in a business way, and when I got to meet him, you know, I thought, hey, this is somebody that I can really learn from. Yeah. And we had great conversations of it, but in the end, yeah, you you have to do it yourself. Even yeah. if you don't, I don't, I, I never went to school, uh, to business school mm. or anything. So it's, it's learning by doing. Yeah. But you went to Juilliard after Maastricht. Yes. Yeah. In New York. Uh, but they are really good at business in, uh, in the States, I would imagine. Yes, but 
that's not something I really learned there. I think it's it, it's something um, business way. I'm very organized. Mm -hmm. I can organize things very well. I think, and it was also when I was a singer. When people said, you know, uh, singers, you have to send in this or that, I was always the first one to send yeah. it in. Yeah, uh, at, at Juilliard, uh, there were two lessons I really learned. It's one, always be the best musician you can be. Wherever yeah. it is, never settle for an okay thing. And of course, I don't always have uh, the best concerts, but... You always try to be... You, I always try to be the best that I can for everybody. And uh, secondly, it was what I also said earlier, what can you add to your society as a musician? And yeah. that's what really inspired me to build my career in this region. Yeah. Because some people say, oh, you know, you went to Juilliard, why are you not singing everywhere in the world? Good question. Uh, well, first of all, I don't know if if that was for me. But you did try it. You were in Concertgebouw, you were in... Uh... Yeah. Sometimes I still am, you know, last year I sang in, at the Berliner Philharmonie. Yeah, exactly. And I, I still do. Carnegie it's not Hall. that I don't, yes, Carnegie Hall. It's not that I don't want to, but I have friends who have careers like that and they, they fly over the world all the time. Yeah. And it also means that you don't have, a, for me, a regular family life. Yeah. And I have a husband, I have two children. Almost every day I can take them to school, I pick them up from school. Yeah. I uh, talk with them how school was, I play a game with them, yeah. we have dinner together, I put them to bed and then I go to a rehearsal or to whatever or yeah. you know some weekends, a lot of weekends. Mm. I have a concert, my husband has a concert, they go with us or not but in general I have for me a normal life yeah. which I love. So was a career like that for me? No. Because deep inside of me, it's not what I want. No, and I think you make as many, or if not more, people happy in the concert you do now, because you do so many. And you also contribute uh, to musicians having um, like jobs, a little student jobs. Yeah, and then... you know, for me, I'm really, really, really happy with my career as a singer yeah. and as a cultural entrepreneur, if you yeah. want to call it like that. But uh, friends of mine who I studied with at Juilliard, who are traveling the world, they're very happy also. Yeah. And I also have friends who also went to Juilliard or to Maastricht, who are not in music anymore, and they're also very happy. You yes, find what makes you happy. Yes, in the end, you're going to die someday, yeah. so make the most of your life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and be happy, please. So yeah. find your place yes. as a musician and find something you, that makes you happy, because that's the whole point. Yes. I think that's a really, really good advice because sometimes I feel that a lot of musicians do what they have to do and what they should what they do. think they have to do. Yeah, but not what they really want. Yeah. And I also did it for a long time. Like, it took a long time before I dared to go out of the comfort zone mm -hmm. because I was not... I, I, did, I didn't believe that I was allowed to do that. Yes. But because I was like, no, I play the cello, so I have to play classical music. I cannot yeah. play jazz. But then yeah. I was like... And then I found someone who did it, and I was like, oh, he did it, I guess it's it. Yes. <laughs> so it's like, just a little start point, but sometimes... Because I think that's actually the thing that makes you unique. Yeah, and, and brave, I think you have to yes. be a little bit brave to try out, and it will always be there, the rest of it, and 
if everyone like I got a little bit tired of everyone trying to be the same because mm-hmm. then it means that no one has job also because everyone tells yeah. you that you cannot get a job as a musician <laughs> but then I'm like yeah of course not if everyone is playing Haydn yeah because every Haydn is the shallow piece like yeah. everyone has to play for auditions uh, we call it our life insurance <laughs> um, so I was like okay we always have to do this uh, Haydn 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 but then yeah. I was like do I really want to play Haydn the rest of my life and no, actually, no, but if you yeah. want to be a musician who plays in a symphony orchestra yeah. and you have to play Haydn, then you better make sure you play it yeah. the best you can yeah. and get that job. I remember being at Juilliard. I was good friends with the trombone class because there was a, a Belgian guy who was a good friend of mine mm-hmm. in it. And their teacher, he said, you have to play these excerpts from uh, you know the pieces yeah. like they always do in the auditions. That's what they did. And he said, if you're in my class, you do that. And then you will get a job. And really, they all get a job. Yeah. They really did. And if you want to be in an orchestra, do it, you know. Do it for a couple of years and you will get that job. And then later on, if you want to do something else, fine. Mm-hmm. But if that is not your dream, then don't do it. Yeah. You know, it's in the end, it's really as simple as that. You have to do what makes you happy. Do you have any practice uh, tips, like when you practice? <laughs> My husband always says... I really don't know when you practice. And it's really true because... When he sleeps. (laughs) (laughs) No, uh, it's... I'm really the the worst person to ask how to practice because... Do you have time to practice? Or is it like, if I get to practice a little bit, I'm very happy? I I am very lucky that I can learn music really quickly. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, I would not have a career. (laughs) It's really true. Because... Honestly, if I think, well, today was an exception. Mm-hmm. I really, I practiced for an hour. Wow. And that, uh, I can do a lot then because I really focused on learning the music. Yeah, you, you should really not ask me how to practice because uh, I make playlists on, uh, on Spotify mm-hmm. and I'm in the car a lot and I listen to <laughs> the playlist yeah. and I learn the music in my head. That's a... That's a benefit of being a singer. I don't have to, you know, feel with my fingers where the notes are. And then today I really wanted to learn some text and then I really sit and I go back and sing it again, sing it again. And then I learn a couple of songs today. But honestly, it's the first thing that I don't do. And it's so bad because every time I uh, make a New Year's resolution, I'm going to practice more this year. But, um, you know, I have children uh, to entertain and to take care of and I want to, uh, you know, spend time with them. I have to be on the computer every day and answer a million emails, uh, organize all the things that I also love to do. But in the end, yeah, I also have to learn this music. (laughs) And, yes, I must say the last couple of weeks I had so many different programs. I did a Schubert Schumann program. I hate music, the opera. Yeah. Thank God we have rehearsal so I can memorize in rehearsal. Yeah. In three weeks I have a complete Bernstein recital and now I'm doing a Brecht and Braal program. It's like four or five completely different programs. Yeah. And that, I must say, it was a little bit much. I'm very happy that I got it into my head. But yeah, then I really think I have to make more time to practice. Yeah. <laughs> my husband is much better at that. He plays the French horn and he practices every day at least an hour. Yeah. And you know, he doesn't have to uh, practice to uh, get an audition, but he's been in the orchestra for a long time. Yeah. 
but he uh, practices every day to stay yeah. on a good level. Yeah, yeah. and that's uh, so practice when you are in school. Yeah. Yes, and also uh, when I was at uh, Florida Grand Opera for two mm. years, I was a young artist, and my coach always said, Fana, just try to practice. If you know in six months or eight months you have to do this program, if you have time now, study yeah. it now, because it will be in your brain somewhere. Yeah. And that is true. I do have that. And also when I revisit music, it comes back very quickly. But I practice more with my children than I do myself. Yeah. <laughs> What do they play? Uh, our son, he plays the drums and percussion and for about two years now. Mm -hmm. And our daughter is playing almost a year violin. Oh, yes. It's nice. very cute. But it's, man, it's difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> yeah. She should play the cello. It's <laughs> Patricia. <Yeah. laughs> yes. <laughs> Not. <laughs> yeah, I believe it. But this, um, so I can imagine that you mentally practice, like when you're in the yes. car, you memorize everything. Yes. So when you actually sing it, you already know the music. Yes. It's not like try, I'm going to take this score I never saw and just try No, it. no, so no, no. mentally no. practicing is, is something that you do a lot. Yes, a lot. Because I would die if I would be at a rehearsal yeah. and not know my, my music. Yeah. That that really doesn't happen. Because that's, that's so unprofessional. Yeah. Waste of time for you. For everybody involved. Yeah. No, and, and also imagine coming to a rehearsal with a conductor and an orchestra <laughs> and making a mistake. You know, you would never be hired, hired no. again. No. And um, did you do a lot of auditions like... For the different opera companies yeah, you've been in. Do you I have did. any audition tips more than uh, doing the CV and the um, yeah. photo good? Uh, honestly, I, have, I haven't done it in a while, but you have to, first of all, look kind of nice, especially as a singer. Yeah. Um, Don't smell. A lot of musicians smell. Oh my god, oh. yes. And I also, uh, I talk to my husband about this also a lot, because he teaches here uh, at the conservatory. Yeah. And yes, a lot of students. He's yes. a really great teacher. Sometimes I uh, now I don't have as much time anymore, but I used to go to the class, and if they would have a performance evening, I would always be like, what the hell is everybody doing? Because somehow a lot of instrumentalists think that they can stand on the stage like they don't care or something. <laughs> Too cool <laughs> to care. You know, they walk on the stage like, uh, you know... Yeah, I'm coming on stage, I'm taking all the water out of my instrument, I look like I don't care, I don't look at my audience, nothing. And and I always say, imagine that I would do that, come on stage as a singer and look like that, or deal like that, or be like, you know, uh, blowing my nose or something. You just cannot do that. So my advice to instrumentalists would be, I know that... In the minds like of the in, uh, yeah, well, in the minds of instrumentalists, singers are horrible, of course, <laughs> and they're totally uh, over the top and out there, and you don't have to be like that. But maybe just um, a little bit, a little bit. I you know, like the trombone friend I just talked about. He actually said to me when we were at Julia Fenna, uh, he had this end recital, and he said, "Can you come uh, to my last rehearsal?" and just look at me like a singer mm. and we looked at how he walked onto the stage when i walk onto the stage it's maybe not an audition tip but just in general when i walk out on the stage i always look at the people i mm. try to 
make everybody feel, and, I, and, and it's because I really mean it, it's not a show, that I'm there for them. Mm. And I'm grateful that people take the time to come. Yeah. So I look at them, and you know, it, it's an acknowledgement of saying thank you, and yeah, that small things, and um, just try to feel comfortable in space. And um, that was something a director once said to me, you know, a lot of times it feels like the stage mm. and the audience. And you have to feel like it's one thing. It's not you opposite against them, yeah. or against, yeah. It's you together with them. Mm. And uh, the more you get that feeling of together, the easier it will get. And th- then maybe you don't get so nervous also yes. if you feel like yeah. we are friends. Yes. Yes, definitely. You know, always have in your head that people want to hear you succeed. Uh, that's the big difference I feel from the conservatory. I always try to keep that feeling that I remember. As a student, you always want to do the right thing. You want to please your teachers, you want to please your coaches. But didn't you once started to play music because you were so musical yeah. and you loved it so much? Of course, you do have to follow the advice of those teachers, or some of them. But in the end, if you, again, show yourself and you share your musical feelings, it cannot be wrong. If I also don't believe in, uh, you know, if you play cello concerto, you play it the way you play it. And yes, of course, there are, you cannot play Mozart like you play Dvorak, but Mozart didn't write the cello concert. Yeah, yeah, see, singer. singer. (laughs) (laughs) But um, Haydn. Yeah, Haydn is not Dvorak, but in the end, there is no wrong way of playing it. And yes, when you're 25, you will be judged much more than when you're 40. Yeah. But yeah. I always said hard when people don't like artists, like they say. for example, there's always a big discussion about the cellist called Misha Maisky, mm-hmm. and he plays Bach, and he uses a lot of vibrato, and he's quite vulgar when oh, he yes. plays it. Yeah. And I always loved him, uh, and I met him uh, at the Aurora Festival in, in Sweden, and I really love him, I think he's awesome. Yeah. And I was like, how can you hate something when it's beautiful? Maybe it's not like the way of tradition of mm-hmm. Bach, but it's beautiful. And yeah. can you hate something when it's beautiful? Like, isn't there a room for everyone in the world? Well, then you, I would say, yeah. you know, it's not the way that I'm used to listening to Bach. And I must say, it's maybe a little bit difficult. Mm. But to say it's nothing, that's just yeah. not right, I think. You, you should always respect somebody for making their choices. You say you love it, and mm. somebody else could say, you know what, it's not my thing, but... I I appreciate him going for it because it's his way. And uh, yeah, for for instance, last week I uh, premiered this program called Brecht and Brel. Mm -hmm. And I sing, but it's not with my opera voice. It's with my speaking, singing voice. So I was quite nervous to see how people react because it's not the fan they are used to. But I love this music. And probably when I was 23, I wouldn't have dared it. But now I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to do it. And because I do believe if you love something, if you really believe in it, other people will too. And some people might might say, you know what, Uh, great that she has uh, done this, but I don't like it. 
fine. Please have an opinion. You're allowed to feel something, uh, hate it, love it, but don't say that's nothing. Because it's not nothing. We made an effort, you know, and I, 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 sometimes people forget to have respect for the time and the effort that somebody put in. I always feel that musicians are very good at finding what they don't like. Yes. And sometimes I, I ask them, like if I have students and stuff, I always ask them, what do you see that is good? Because mm-hmm. it's really e- easy to just be this guy who always criticizes everything yeah. instead of seeing the good parts and the bad stuff you don't really want to remember. So why are you focusing so much on the bad stuff? I yeah. was saying to my students, Yes. I say you have to focus on the good stuff because that's what you want to remember and take for your own, you know, yes. in your own basket. Uh, it's it, I, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it, it feels like it's kind of part of of our world and it's yeah, yeah. I don't want to be a part of that no we want to be positive <laughs> yes and a little bit more like singers that's a good tip <laughs> actually I, I got I guess a lot of people ask me if I'm a singer ah. and I'm like no but thank you <laughs> yes because <laughs> yeah. I, I like to have red lipstick and like, yes singers show their personality yeah. much more yeah because we we have to also because it makes us unique and then people yeah. want to hire you and instrumentalists more uh, are part of the group and are not supposed to stand out that much. Yeah, it's good to to try it out. Yes, if if that's your thing. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was going to ask you about some dreams. Like, do you have any dreams yet to be fulfilled? Like a dream role maybe or a a dream concert or a dream project? Like I know you have this dream about the the research that we are looking for money for. But also, well, the interesting thing is, it's always when I look back, you know, five years or ten years, and if you would tell that Fana that the next five years this would happen or Mm. or that would happen, it was never something I could foresee. You know, when I started to play the saxophone, I could never imagine I would have been a singer. Mm. When I was struggling as a singer in the conservatory, I would have never believed that I would be a singer at Juilliard or later sing at the opera or what, whatever. The thing is, I always believed and I still believe that when you work hard and you really go for something in whatever way, something will work out. And I have to knock on wood, but it still always works for me like that. And now um, this new opera company has come on my path, which I really love. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I always said, you know, when I'm 50 and I can't sing anymore, I'll, I'll be the director of an opera company. <laughs> and now it's kind of already happening. And yes, um, there are probably some roles that I would love to sing, but it's not some, something that I would say, oh, if it doesn't happen, my life sucks. No. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice. It would be nice. I, I, love, I would love to sing uh, Madame Butterfly. Oh, yeah. Because it's so dramatic, I remember... I think it would suit your personality. Oh, I remember seeing the opera for the first time when I was in New York, actually. Mm. And I I didn't know the story. So I was watching it, and spoiler alert, but Mm. in the end, she kills herself. Oh my god, (laughs) in opera when people die. Yeah, but I actually (laughs) thought that she was... uh, Butterfly has a child with this American soldier, and the soldier leaves. In the end, he comes back and she thinks that he's coming for her, but he's actually uh, remarried. And I felt like, oh, he wants to take the child with him. That was my interpretation then. Mm. And I thought she was going to kill the child. That's what I thought. And then all of a sudden, this music is so dramatic and she kills herself. 
and it blew me away. I was crying, 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 and later on I uh, I uh, sang a Suzuki because I sang as a mezzo before, and it was also a beautiful production. And I thought, yeah, this is an opera I would I would like to sing, but you know what? So many operas have come on my path that I could never have imagined. I think that's that's a little bit my uh, uh, my bad. I could never imagine some things. But then when I look back, I'm like, my God, I've been so lucky mm-hmm. with everything uh, that happened. But I think that's still a little bit the the insecurity or being too critical on yourself. But yeah. we all have it, I guess. The in in the dragon. Yes, yes, we all have our voices uh, sometimes. Also, because you're the fairy godmother of concerts, yeah. of course I have to ask you, um, if there is musicians out there who is like, how can I get concerts? Do you mm-hmm. have any like top three uh, how to get a concert tip? Because I think a lot of musicians are bad at getting concerts. But it, de- it really depends on what kind of concert. Uh, a tip to getting uh, gigs? Maybe, yeah. and then you can get one to get into the theater. If like you chamber some. music concert yeah, yeah, or something like that? Yeah, maybe like that, we can do that. Yeah, I do think that it's really hard. Yeah. Especially for young musicians, because people don't know you. <laughs> you know, it's so stupid because uh, at the conservatory there are a lot of great musicians. And then you're stuck in that phase where people tell you, oh, you know, it's a great opportunity for you to play there mm. for uh, a drink mm. and, a, and a sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Um, I ate a lot of sandwiches in my days. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a chamber p- program, you should have your the info of that organized. Mm-hmm. I think it's a good idea to go to concerts where... Yeah you would like to play. For mm. instance, if there is a chamber festival, go to the concerts there. Just chat a little bit with people. Yeah. Don't tell them right away that you also have a, a concert. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Just, you know, mingle a little bit. Yeah. And then at some point, maybe it will come up that you're a musician as well. And people, in the end, a lot of people are still looking, always looking for musicians. Yeah. And then don't sell yourself too short also. Mm-hmm. Don't play everywhere for nothing. Do you have a recommendation for like a lowest price? Like in Sweden we have like oh. a lowest price. Like, but uh, That's so difficult. It's very hard. Here I feel it's like it's very hard because you have like sometimes I get asked to play in like the embassy of Sweden in Brussels yeah. or in Hague and then they have like a different economy me and yeah. sometimes even if I like sometimes I ask like 100 for a concert and then people gave me 200 yeah so it's very hard I think it is so hard because I still find it hard because you don't know uh, what people have to spend and of course your price your value will change yeah the bigger your career gets the more you can ask sometimes Somebody said to me, you can also say, if, for instance, if it's the embassy, uh, you know what, can you make a suggestion for uh, for the fee? Mm-hmm. You tell them. Yeah. So maybe then they will say to you, oh, here's 500 euros. Because yeah. it's for them, it's nothing, probably. Yeah. And then you would have said 100, and yeah. that's too bad. But other festivals, they... Everybody always says they have no money. Some mm. people do have no money, but other people say it and they do have money. Yeah. yeah. 
I, I always try to not feel this bitter feeling in my stomach. Like if I have a bitter feeling in my stomach, then I, I know I was too cheap. Yes, in the end, you have to be happy with what you make. Mm. And also ask colleagues, what are they charging at the moment? Yeah. What is a normal rehearsal fee? Ask yeah. professional colleagues. They will tell you. Yeah. They know what it is. Teachers and yeah. Teachers, yeah. As a soloist, it's more difficult. Yeah. Because it's not only... I also heard that singers charge more. Like, normally my singer colleagues, they charge much more than yeah. I do. Yeah. And I'm like, well, they're like, no, I'm not going to do it for less than this. And I'm like, okay... Yeah. Uh, so they are maybe better at taking, like... Yeah, you know, I, I still struggle with that. I actually uh, made my fee higher last year also because <laughs> someone said to me, you're not asking enough. Yeah. But then I know for another gig, if I would ask that, they would be like, what? You know, yeah. uh, you kind of have to get a feeling for who you're playing for. And how much you have to put into the concert, how many hours yes. is behind it. Yeah. And also, it is true, when you just, you're just you just in the conservatory, just come out, yeah. you will sometimes earn less than later on. Yeah. It's true. But also, if you charge not enough money now, mm. it's very difficult to go to a higher price also. Yeah. Because it was 100 before. Yeah. Why is it 300 now? Yeah. And you still deserve it. It's true, my business colleagues, uh, they say, they will study business, they say, always take more, because it's better to go down than yes, up. Yes, yes. So. When I uh, sing a concert, I have a fee, and I have calculated that yeah. I can go down a little bit. But that's what everybody does. Yeah. But we as musicians, our most vulnerable part is that we love to play. Yeah. And you would play for 100 euros. Yeah. But... It's a question of if you should, and if you are taking yeah. too cheap, you put down the other musicians as well. Yeah, and that's so, very difficult. Yeah. Uh, also because nobody really talks about it. There are uh, actually uh, on on the internet somewhere, you can find like the uh, basic... Uh, I put it uh, in our newsletter that we have here, Master in, Mus- Master in Music, yeah. last uh, podcast, because we were also discussing it. But it's, uh, it's good to have some guidelines. And yeah. it's good to be able to have these guidelines and be able to send them to the yes. employer if they yeah. complain. Because sometimes people ask, gave, didn't want to give me a lot. And then I said, okay, but I, I don't want to do it then because mm-hmm. this is the guidelines. Yeah. At least you have to follow some kind of decent salary. Yes. And then people was like, oh, okay. Yes, and that's then, a good yeah. one. Because if you can explain to people, and, and I don't, I'm not explaining... Uh, Really, uh, every time somebody calls me, <laughs> this I'm is explaining, this is what I should get. You know, no. But if that's for you, it's mm. a very good one to say, you know what. Uh, and also, if somebody would uh, say to me, I would say, you know what, for this fee, I'm coming to the concert, I'm mm. coming to the rehearsal. And it doesn't matter if I'm singing three songs or, yeah. or one song or five songs. That's not what I decided. That is what you decided. And I'm coming to the rehearsal, I'm coming to the concert, I have to drive, I have to Mm. study, I have to go to the voice lesson, I have to pay taxes. Uh, Basically, uh, nothing is left. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's not that dramatic, but... And sometimes you just then should say no. But that's difficult, because if you would get the 100 euros, it would be nice. But sometimes I feel like... If I have this, but I do, I do this, I have this trick that I say, okay, if I say yes to this, maybe I have to say no to something else. Mm-hmm. Because if I said yes to a very bad paid uh, concert, mm-hmm. then maybe someone else will ask me who will give me more. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So then I have to like yeah. always think like if I say yes to something, maybe I have to say no to something else. I have also uh, uh, three things that I yeah. consider yeah. when I get asked for concert. One, uh, do I like this project? Yeah. For instance, somebody asked me to sing a role in an opera company. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the opera. I want to sing it. Yeah. But then. Is the payment correct or is it shit? And third, are the people I'm working with nice? And two of those three questions I have to answer with yes. If two is no, then I shouldn't do it. So if the role is great but the payment is bad and the people I have to work with are not good, then I'm not going to do it. If the people are great and the role is great and maybe the payment is not so good, I can still do it. But that's yeah. always something I... Uh, because at one point, uh, especially in the beginning, when you're trying to build something, yeah. you just say yes to everything. <laughs> yeah. At some point, at least I got there that, you know, I was doing stuff that, why am I doing this, you know? <laughs> and it was just being afraid that maybe some nothing else will come, you know? But yeah. sometimes you really have to say no. Yeah. yeah. That's really good advice. Really good. Thank you for the advice. I think it's gonna um, round up a little bit. Um, I have some questions, like the last mm-hmm. three questions, where you, uh, I want you to give a tip to a person in a music school, a person in the conservatorium, and a person who is like freelancing, professional. Mm-hmm. So three tips for this different category. So we can the start. The first one was? Yeah. Uh, music school. Also oh, before the conservatory. Yeah, person in the music school, like around 10 years started to play oh yes take your instrument or your voice at least five times a week doesn't have to be long just invest a little bit practice Mm. five to ten minutes a day it's fine and really explore your instrument enjoy it Um, Mm -hmm. but know that you have to practice some things that might not be so fun now but it will make it so much more fun later Okay, so invest a little bit. Invest, yes. Not everything can be fun all the mm. time. Yeah. Spoken as a true mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Eat your broccoli. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and number two, a person in the conservatorium. Believe in why you are there. So you do have talent and you did decide to go to music school because you really love it. Never forget that. And even if it's hard... Go on and try to be really yourself and make music. And the third, postgraduate freelancer yes. professional. So one of my <coughs> colleagues basically. Uh, live your life, you know. Nobody knows uh, what you should do or what you have to do. Mm. That's, some, that's something we put in our heads. When you do this, you have to do that or it's supposed to be like this. No, it's your life. You have to be happy in it and make choices and sometimes a choice will lead to something you like and sometimes a choice will lead to something you don't like. It's all fine because there will be a next day and you can make new choices and just live a happy life. Yeah, be happy. Yes. It's a great advice, I think. But it's very easy to forget this, like, sounds so easy when we say it, but it's really hard to to remember because life comes and... 
everyone is pulling you the different yes. sides and, and sharing their yeah. opinion and telling you yeah. what to do and especially now when you have social media and you see other people doing so much stuff and yeah. people only posting when they are super happy of course no yeah. one is posting like oh my god five euros left on the account you know? <laughs> oh my god I was so tired today I was sleeping on the couch and yeah. I wanted to do like, so much and today yeah. I, I was faking my hand yeah. I, said, I said I had pain in my hand so I didn't have to practice <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah but it's true well very very big thank you to you fana thanks um, it was great talking to you yeah it was super fun i could continue like all the night <laughs> we have to do a 24 hour session <laughs> yes we're longest podcast in the world yeah come in my pajamas <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> we we have to have some refreshments yes so maybe some posh boy can come with some like uh, bitter ballad. Good idea yeah, for yeah. next time. So we have a, if someone is volunteering. See, <laughs> good ideas come from this. Yeah. Uh, do we have any book tips for reading? Oh gosh, no. You know, honestly, when I was at the conservatory, I read so many books because I thought, oh, I'm only doing music. I'm gonna get stupid. <laughs> I have to read books. <laughs> and I read so many books, and now I hardly read a book. Yeah. The last oh, couple of years. Children books. Children books, yeah. <laughs> I read a lot of children's books, actually. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. We listened this summer, that's a good tip. We listened to The Brief van de Koning, The Letter from oh, the King. It's yeah. a children's book. Great then we have book. a good book tip. Huh? <laughs> the Letter to the King. Yes. <laughs> Thank you so much, Fena. And I wish you all the luck. And if we want to follow you, we can always go to www.fena. Ograjensek.com Yes. Or we can go for um, www.musik for young world. Yeah, young world. And you also have a Facebook account. Yes, on Facebook it's Fan Ograjensek and uh, Musik Young World is Stichting MJVO. There. Okay. You can find it as well. And uh, Instagram? No. Not yet. Not yet. Should I have Instagram? Well, I don't know. I have it, but I'm a social media monster. But... Uh, I don't know. It depends if you like to take photos. Yeah, you know, I use Facebook basically as a yeah. PR tool. So, so Facebook is the best way to For contact. me, yes. Yeah. Uh, and maybe LinkedIn, do you have that? No, I had it, but I really don't see the use. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot of strangers in there. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> but it's good when you want to send a CV. I use it sometimes, yes. Oh, the LinkedIn yeah. profile. Mm. Well, uh, thank you, and I'm going to let you go home to your family. Thank you, yeah. If, it's, if, if I'm lucky, they're all asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Then you can practice. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to do some emails. <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Thank you.